Hey, I've got some great news for you. If you're looking to wager on all the big games in sports, Bet Online is your place. We're talking NHL playoffs, NBA playoffs, pick a World Series winner, boxing, and even next season's NFL futures. Hey, Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. Here's the thing it's also really, really easy. To get started, so head on over to the website today or use your mobile device to join and use our promo code BELIEVE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's a 50% welcome bonus with that code BELIEVE, B L E A V, bet online where the game starts. Make a splash this May with a new spa from MyHopTub.com. Choose from over 50 spas in stock, new inventory weekly, and prices slashed to move fast. What's keeping you from your new spa? The answer is nothing. Visit their huge showroom in Destiny, USA, and ask about their many financing options for credit-qualified buyers. Treat yourself with a new spa from MyHopTub.com. Don't just take our word for it. See for yourself at Destiny, USA. Hurry, these spas won't last. Before sunrise, Burn Dairy and Deli is preparing to fuel your day with hot coffee, donuts, muffins, breakfast sandwiches, and other morning staples. For lunch, grab a giant deli sandwich made the way you like it. Pizza, wings, wraps, or a fresh salad. Plus, something to wash it down. Then pick up dinner or a sweet treat and other pantry essentials. Now you can get your Burn Dairy and Deli favorites delivered with DoorDash. All day, every day, you can count on Burn Dairy and Deli. It's all good. Hi, this is Bob Costas, and you're listening to the ML Sports Platter. The ML Sports Platter brought to you by our great friends over at Burn Dairy, Bowers & Company CPAs, and the Allen Angus Pub. Stop on by for burgers, wraps, homemade soups, salads, and more great beer on draft as well at the Allen Angus Pub. If you're in and around Central New York before and after all the big events, allenanguspub.com. Gift cards are available for any occasion. Do want to throw a tip of the cap thank you as well out there to the Swan and Whitaker families for their support of the program as well as myhottub.com. Camillo's Golf Club, and your State Farm agent, Matt Graham. Get a free rate quote today from Matt Graham, SyracuseInsuranceAgent.com. Justin Thomas wins his second major. It's another Wanamaker trophy for him. I'm going to break this down, um, you know, the win uh, just about a week or so ago, a week plus ago, uh, as I record this, and I'm certainly still worth talking about. It's I want to set up kind of the rest of the year for him and, and just kind of get into – just how good this guy is and, and, and what a quality player he is. I think he's a quality dude, too. I mean, I've never met him, but I just love some of the post-game quotes. So I wanted to, to spend this entire podcast on kind of breaking down Justin Thomas in, in that great win at Southern Hills. So let's dive in, right? Justin Thomas. Um, I happen to think that he is, along with you know Rory McIlroy, you know, the brands, the biggest brands in golf. Uh, we know Tiger Woods is obviously number one and, and will be number one forever. Um, you know, and we know that since Tiger's been kind of in his heyday, slash, especially a couple of years ago with the first comeback before he then crashed his car and almost died, um, you know, winning the Masters, coming back from all the things that he came back from. Um, you know, we know that he, as Tony Kornheiser would say, he's, he doesn't move the needle, he is the needle. Um and so we know that he draws the most eyeballs to the set. Um, it, I mean, it's must-see TV. Um, but Tiger is is slowly but surely fading 
from the golf lexicon right now and 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 the top players on tour because he just can't do it. I mean, he had to, you know, uh, he withdrew from the PGA Championship. His legs just can't get after it, lower body, etc. I, I think Tiger Woods probably uh, came back too soon. Again, I'm not, you're not, nobody's going to tell Tiger Woods what to do. But it just seemed as though that was too serious of an injury to just rush back and try to play the Masters, which was his first event. I mean, again, I'm going to talk Justin Thomas here, but just a quick second about the brand sort of thing in golf and 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 what he still can become. He's not going to break Jack Nicklaus's record. If he still thinks he can do that, uh, I mean, look, more power to him. The guy's determined. He's a competitor, et cetera. But wow, I mean, he'd have to win four more from age 46 on, and I, I just don't see it. I mean, Jack Nicholas won the Masters at 86, and he didn't come back, you know, from what Tiger has had to come back from so many times, so many things on his body. He's got, I mean, his lower body's full of, you know, metal rods and plates, and he's had multiple back injuries, you know, surgeries, knee injuries, etc. cetera, uh, but his brand is still the biggest. But when you talk about the quality of the player, the quality of the golfer, uh, the ability to go win major championships, uh, Tiger is no longer in the upper echelon, clearly. I'm hoping one day he can, at least for one more major, just go out and, and do what he did at Augusta a couple of years ago, but I just don't see it anytime soon um, and maybe ever. Um, but when you think about the best players, the biggest brands with the best quality players, you have Rory McIlroy. Um, you know, Jordan Spieth is still, for me, considered in there. I'd put Justin Rose in there. Um, you know, I'd put Brooks Kepka in there. Uh, guys who have won multiple, you know, majors, of course. And, and I got to tell you, I mean, I would put Justin Thomas in there. You know, Bubba Watson's probably in that group. There's like eight, nine, ten guys who are in that, you know, who are the best players, the best quality players with the brand, you know, attach them in terms of drawing eyeballs. Colin Morikawa's in that group. I think Hideki Matsuyama's in that group. Um, you know, drawing eyeballs, but also just being really, really, really great players, and this PGA Championship, you know, gosh, about the third round, I kind of said, I don't know, like what, what tomorrow, what, what is drawing me in to watch? What is drawing us in, you know, as golf fans to watch? Now, diehards watch no matter what. You could have, you know, Joe Blow against, uh, you know, who knows, uh, who knows Harry, and, and they're gonna play, and their people are gonna watch. Not everybody's like that, though, right? It, it's it's what I always talk about, how, like, the NHL, you know, is is very, very popular for some. It's not the NFL, but don't try saying, oh, well, nobody watches. It just doesn't fly, because go look at the markets. Every arena is sold out during the postseason. Uh, Michael Wilbon's asinine take about Tampa Bay being an SEC you know, hockey city and how they're irrelevant and all this other stuff is just could not be more further. It just, it, it's, it's mind boggling and it's just uneducated and stupid um, that he would even say something like that on, on, you know, on PTI all the time. It's, it's, it's embarrassing, frankly. And I like Michael, but um, that take was embarrassing. Tampa Bay's won three Stanley cups in their franchise history. They're back-to-back champions right now. They could be winning a third one here pretty soon in a row. Uh, and they are, uh, they have the best culture. It's a hockey hotbed, and it's a destination for free agents. I mean, people are going there for $1 million and playing because they want to win in Tampa and be a part of it. So Michael Wilbon's clueless there. Um, But the NHL popularity standpoint, 
the like the overall country. And I'll take my friends. I'll take my group of closest friends. I only have a couple in there who are really uh, either hockey fans or diehard hockey fans. They're mostly NFL first. Uh, and then everything's kind of scattered around. Maybe a little college football here and there. Some golf, certainly. Um, but the overall, right, they're not hockey diehards. I mean, they might tune into NBA playoffs. Um, you know, cup, I have obviously a bunch of close Yankee fr- uh, Yankee fan friends. Um, so they're following the Yankees and Major League Baseball. But golf, I think, was helped by Justin Thomas and this group from Saturday that really went into Sunday and then and then absolutely collapsed. I mean, uh, I was just trying to think of, like, what's the sexy thing for the diehard golf fan, you know, to, to get drawn in here? Because it certainly isn't, with all due respect to Will Zalatoris, who's a great ball striker, he's a terrible putter, but with all due respect to him and Cam Young and Mike Pereira and, uh, uh, you know, uh, Chris Kirk, you know, and Matt Fitzpatrick and all these sort of guys, you're kind of looking at it going, eh, I don't know. Justin Thomas was down seven strokes going in. He ended up being down eight strokes at one point on Sunday, and it didn't matter. He kept grinding along. He kept making birdies. He was steady. He was calm. Uh, he got a talking to on Saturday night from his caddy and Bones McKay, who, as we know, uh, was on the bag for five major wins for Phil Mickelson. Um, and, and he said, you know, there's only one player I'm going to go out of, you know, my TV gig for, and, and that's Justin Thomas. And when his bag became available, Bones McKay jumped at the chance to get back on the course. And he's obviously made a huge difference for Justin Thomas's mental game. And certainly a lot of his, you know, club choices and, and down the stretch decision-making, um, you know, out on the course. I mean, Bones McKay is one of the great caddies of all time and has seen it all, has been everywhere, has caddied every course you could ever imagine, um, you know, from across the pond, you know, to here, to to wherever, um, all around the world. And so, you know, Justin Thomas just kept hitting, hitting greens and making birdies, hitting greens and making birdies, hitting greens and making birdies, you know, hitting greens and make... And so he had a 67 on the final round, and that was an incredible score considering the day before he shot a 74, which, as we know, <laughs> you know that's, that's a four-over round, right? And so um, I just think that you know, Thomas also showed you know, what we, we can all learn from a couple of things, I think, from Justin Thomas's play as well, in that you just keep staying the course no matter what. You just keep trying to stay the course. He had two bogeys on the front nine and a birdie, so he made uh, two birdies, so he ended up making the turn at even par. But then, you know, everybody really started to kind of fall apart. And Thomas had uh, three birdies on the back nine and, and a bunch of pars and, and some great putts. And, you know, whether it was Zalatoris or Young or Pereira or Fleetwood or Kirk or Fitzpatrick, uh, certainly Rory through the you know few days there where after he got off to that hot start, something isn't really clicking for Rory for the full four days of a major. Um, you know, Thomas kept making birdies. And if you watch a lot of these golfers, they were all really, really like tense and nervous and they were waggling the clubs and they were taking too much time before each shot. And you kind of sat there and said, boy, if, if, if Thomas can just get a couple of quick birdies here in, in, in the first few, and he did, he went par birdie birdie to start the back nine. 
I, I mean, I was like, holy crap, he's going to run off a, str- a string here. And especially on 13, you think with a par five, there's only two par fives on the course. He birdied number five on Sunday and then, um, you know, parted on, on uh, parred uh, 13 on Sunday. So, um, you know, but but those par five, okay, take advantage of it. He had two birdies. He's got the par five coming up. I thought for sure that was going to be another birdie. You started to see this really, really, really confident, uh, just putting groove kind of player, and he ends up birdieing 17. Then on 18, he makes a ridiculous shot, and if he had made that putt, he would have won, <laughs> won the tournament right there because Zalatoris had already come back a little bit, Pereira, etc., and it was a matter of either making it. Uh, at, at one point, as Jim Nance had said, there were three scenarios, right? It was it was win outright, a, a two-man playoff, and then a three-man playoff. Zalatoris and Justin Thomas end up going to the three-hole aggregate playoff, and Thomas birdies two of three and, and, and takes home his second Wanamaker trophy. So um, this was, it, it, it could have turned out to be just a really poor, and I haven't seen any of the ratings yet, but just a really poor ratings, you know, scenario for the tour. Um, again, no disrespect to all the other guys who don't have like that big brand appeal yet, but I'm just speaking from an eyeball standpoint right, that it was good for golf to at least have a big-time name win this thing, at, you know, considering how the leaderboard looked on Saturday and then into Sunday. And listen, I'm all for Cinderella's. I'm all for first-time major winners. I'm all for great golf. I'm all for drama. I love it all. I'm a diehard golf fan. The PGA, Open Championship, Masters, U.S. Open, some of the tournaments during the year, the players, uh, the Phoenix Open, you don't have to worry about Mike Lindsley. <laughs> you know, you don't have to worry about me watching. Um you know, I, I I tune in, no doubt. I got started a little bit later, um, but I, I, you know, plugged in. I, I think I flipped on, um, you know, when you have a, a, a toddler, it's, uh, you know, it's it's uh, it's difficult here because, you know, the TV's, the TV's going. One minute the wife wants to watch Desperate Housewives, uh, um, you know, the next, or Teen Mom and all these shows, and then the next minute my kid wants to watch, you know, Frozen, uh, Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, uh, little baby bum. Uh, what else we got going on? A uh, baby shark, right? I mean, it, you know, so it's awfully tough to uh, watch when your dad. It's very difficult to get on, you know, to get on with it. Uh, uh, you know, flipping on majors, flipping on the Yankee game, whatever the case may be. You know, Sunday NHL playoffs were all day. Um, so difficult. Uh, but that's why the phone is a great thing now. You keep that thing charged at all times. <laughs> at all times, so that you can stream events. Now, I'm you're on delay, but I'm streaming and watching. That's the important part. And so, you know, we, we've, we've got a situation here where, uh, you know, I tuned in a little bit late, and, and I said, oh, okay, let's, you know, let's see what's going on. Uh, okay, kind of the same stuff. And then, you know, again, Justin Thomas was still pretty out of it in the first, first nine. And, you know, you just kind of said to yourself, all right, let's see if there's something really, really great. And then some drama started, right? Some missed shots, some double bogeys, uh, players missing, uh, you know, all over the place. And, uh, you know, here, here we go. Like, let's see what we, uh, you know, let's see what we got here. You know, let's see what we got. And uh, and sure enough, um, you know, sure enough, it was, uh, it was Justin Thomas rising to the occasion while everybody else was faltering. And... We can learn from Justin Thomas, just sticking to it, no matter what, finishing it out, try to stay strong, try to play your best, be at your best in winning and losing. And also, I really like the paraphrasing, of course, now taking place by me, but 
I really like the media um, session that he did, um, you know, talking to people after he won the tournament. When he said basically something like, hey, you know, I was walking up 18 and, and, and you know, I hadn't had the tournament won yet, but I certainly wanted to look around and see it and feel it and, you know, kind of soak it all in because you don't know when it's going to happen again. And I just love that because I remember Derek Jeter always talking about this. You know, you think about Jeter in the 90s. I mean, 96, he's rookie of the year. They won the World Series, right? They're in the playoffs every single year. They're in the World Series, winning the World Series in 96, in 98, 99, 2000, right? Four and five years. They get back in 01, heartbreaking loss to Arizona. You know, they, they make the playoffs in 02, get smoked by the Angels, get back in 2003, come back on the Red Sox in the ALCS, boom. You know, Boone hits the homer, boom, back in the World Series. Like, Jeter was always in the World Series. And then after that, that, that ALCS, 04, 5, 6, 7, 8, you know, five straight years, nothing. And then uh, after he wins in 2009, that was the last one of his career. And so, <clears throat> you know, he, he's sitting there saying, well, geez, <clears throat> you know, I you kind of feel like when you're in the moment and you're getting, you know, into the World Series and the postseason, deep in the postseason every year as a really, really young ball player. You almost think it's going to happen for the rest of your career. It's just nothing could be farther from the truth. Um, I also did a video about an hour ago on Instagram Live, and if you follow a lot of my social um, with Instagram, Twitter, you know, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, you'll see a, a ton of my ML sports takes, and I go live very often. I had said VJ Singh had one major. I obviously made a huge mistake. He has three majors. Um, the the one major. Um, I was reading one column, and it was the Masters, and and VJ has won uh, one Masters, uh, and he's won two PGAs. So that gets me into the next part of this podcast, and it is where I'll close, um, and that is with Justin Thomas. You know, we talk about this all the time in sports, especially in the NFL and especially with quarterbacks. He's got one ring. What happens if he wins a second one? He'll be into rarefied air. There aren't many guys who have two, right? Aaron Rodgers comes to mind. Aaron Rodgers has one ring. A lot of guys would love to have one ring, right? <laughs> ask Dan Marino, Jim Kelly, Dan Fouts, Fran Tarkenton. Ask any of those guys, right? None of those guys have rings. Trent Dilper's got one. Brad Johnson has one. Uh, you know, look, very rarely is it that an elite Hall of Fame quarterback uh, isn't, you know, a Super Bowl champ. Um, you know, ask Jim McMahon, right, those kind of guys who aren't the elite of the elite, but they still have a ring. Uh, you'd, lo- you'd love to just still have one. It's like Jim Bayheim at Syracuse is always talking about it. Like, oh, well, you know, Bayheim has been coaching 44 years. He should have more than one. You know, it's like, who says, you know, bad luck, injuries, academic uh you know, uh, 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 sanctions and all the rest. Keith Smart's jump shot in 87. I mean, hey, come on. You go on and on with this stuff. And, and, and Bayheim's always said, I'm, I'm lucky. I'm glad to have one, you know. And so, but with Rodgers, it's a totally different scenario. And I say that because he has been knocking on the door so many times. I'm not saying that you have to win it every single year. But what I am saying is that when you arrive at a certain place in sports and you're there all the time, the numbers game basically creates you being able to win more. I mean, if you're in the postseason 15 times out of 22 seasons in the NFL and you're a quarterback and you're elite and you're a Hall of Fame player and you're you know going to uh, the conference championship every so often. Like, look at, look at Patrick Mahomes. 
Patrick Mahomes is a great example. Patrick Mahomes is obviously still very, very young. What is he, 25 years old still? Still got the world by the balls. He's 5,000 you know, yard, 50 touchdown season. Uh, you know, he's been to multiple Super Bowls. He's won an MVP in a regular season. He's won one Super Bowl. He's won a Super Bowl MVP. I mean, the guy's 26 years old, right? Doesn't turn 27 until the third week of September. Um, but Patrick Mahomes is a great example. He's been in the postseason all the time as quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs. After he sat out, you know, sat behind, I should say, Alex Smith, he's been the guy, you know, 2018, 19, 20, 21. I mean, you know, he's, he's been in the league now already five, whatever, five years, right? And so, you know, as a starter, and so he's been in the playoffs left and right. If Mahomes does this over and over again and he keeps going back, I have no doubt that he will. Let's say he goes to the playoffs 12, 13, 14 times and he plays in, you know, seven, eight, nine championship games with home field, you know, at least half, you know, of those games, Patrick Mahomes should have more than one Super Bowl, right? I mean, if we go 10 years down the road, 10 to 15 years down the road, and Patrick Mahomes at 36 to age 40, 41, right? If that happens and he's there as many times as Rodgers has been with home field advantage, with a great roster, an amazing front office, great coordinators, right? Home field advantage, like... Crazy home field advantage. Now, again, you could say the Green Bay and Rodgers and, you know, Lambeau doesn't necessarily fit to what they've been doing most recently, but maybe they'll try to go win it on the ground and, and through the air when necessary and certainly defensively and special teams. You know, that cold weather, oh, it's not made to throw it around, and Rodgers is a throw-it-around guy. He'd be you know, better off going on the road. That may be true, but Rodgers has also fallen on his face the last seven, eight years on the road in the postseason. Um, the bottom line is you have home field, you're in Green Bay, most most folks uh, don't love to play in sub-zero temperatures. Most. Now, you might have the DNA. You might have the, the, the game like the 49ers did last year, the physicality, the running game, to be able to go in there and push them around. If you end up on the stage enough times, you know, the numbers will dictate that you probably win at least another ring if you're Aaron Rodgers, and he has not done that yet. If you end up in you know, golf majors the way guys have, you know, the Gary Players, the Hogans, the Hagans, the Woodses, Nicholas Varden, Watson, Jones, Sarazen, Sneed, Palmer, those kind of guys, Faldo, Mickelson, they're going to lose a ton of times. You lose more than you win. But because you've been there so many times, like look at Phil Mickelson. He has six major championships. I, I said five about Bones McKay earlier. I, six, uh, uh, well, yeah, uh, I said he won five. I think Bones, I think, was on, yeah, he was on five of those. And then, that's right, PGA last year for Phil, uh, he had a different caddy. Um, so, but he has six major championships. Think about how long he lost to Tiger. Think about how he couldn't get, you know, the elephant, you know, off his shoulders, the monkey off the back there, um, you know, winning the Masters and all the rest. Once he gets the first one, he's off and running, on and on it goes. You know, he's been there so many times, he's got six. He now has six, right? I mean, that's just one example. Look at Sergio Garcia. He was there enough times, finally, finally, finally breaks through, wins a major, right? You know, we look at Brooks Kepka and Rory McIlroy struggling in the Southern Hills tournament this, you know, last, whatever, a week, week and a half ago, um, you know, for the PGA Championship. McIlroy and Kepka both have four majors. Ernie Els got beat by Tiger Woods all the time. He still ended up with four majors for his career. You know, he's got two U.S. Opens and two Open Championships, right? How many guys have more than one major? You know, that, that's where Justin Thomas just entered. Here's some guys with one major. Okay. Some pretty darn good players, you know, one major. And 
we all know, you know, how hard it is to win to win that second one. Webb Simpson, Darren Clark, Charles Schwartzel, Louis Dazen, right? Graham McDowell, Stuart Sink, Jeff Ogilvy, Mike Weir, Jim Furyk. Jim Furyk won the, the U.S. Open Olympia Fields in 2003. That was a year when all four major winners were first-time winners from, um, you know, Mike Weir to Jim Furyk to Ben Curtis to Sean McKeel at Oak Hill. And, you know, Adam Scott still stuck on one major. Justin Rose, I think, for my money, is a guy I would bet on every single tournament, one major. Jason Duffner, we thought he was going to roll out, you know, maybe two, three in a, of about a five-year, you know, six-year stretch Won the PGA Championship at Oak Hill in 2013. One major, right? Like Henrik Stenson, great player. Jimmy Walker, Sergio, uh, Patrick Reed, right? Uh, Francisco Molinari, Shane Lowry, Matsuyama, DeChambeau. You know, John Rahm. I mean, Scheffler just won. He'll, he might win another one, but who knows? I mean, it's hard to win that extra major. It's hard to even just get into the two category. And Justin Thomas is in the two category. And that's a pretty good category to be in. You know, two minimum. Colin Morikawa, Dustin Johnson, Zach Johnson, Martin Keimer, Bubba Watson, Angel Cabrera, Retief Goosen, Jose Maria Olathabal, two Masters winner, right? Two-time Master winner. Marco Mira has two. He has a Masters and an Open Championship. Lee Jansen, John Daly. We're talking Hall of Famers here, folks. Ben Crenshaw, Greg Norman, Bernard Longer, Curtis Strange, Andy North. A couple of U.S. Opens for him. You know? Pretty darn good players, man, all the way up through. I mean, look at these guys. Look at the names on this. And then from two, it goes up to three with your Padres and Padraig Harrington, VJ, Payne Stewart, Nick Price, Hal Irwin, those kind of guys, Billy Casper, right? Then it goes up to four and your Kepka, McElroy, Ells, Raymond Floyd, you know, group. And then it goes into five with Seve Ballesteros and, you know, Peter Thompson, Byron Nelson, John Henry Taylor 700 years ago. Then we get up into six, and it's Mickelson, and Faldo, and Trevino. That's it. Three players in the history of the game with six. Faldo, Trevino, and Mickelson. That's it. Seven majors won. Palmer, Sneed, Sarazen, Bobby Jones, Harry Varden. Five players. Tom Watson, eight. Only player in the history of the game with eight majors. Gary Player and Ben Hogan, each with nine. Eleven, Walter Hagen. Only player with 11. Tiger Woods only at 15, obviously. Only one. And uh, Jack Nicholas at 18. So Justin Thomas is on his way. But to get that extra major, it's a big deal. It's a huge deal. And now he's going to keep going up and up and up and up the list. And frankly, uh, Justin Thomas at this particular point, uh, he's building a pretty darn nice um, you know, career for himself um, right now. And, you know, I am just thrilled that he won. I'm thrilled that, you know, from a viewing standpoint, again, not a disrespect standpoint to all the other players, but from a viewing standpoint, from a golf standpoint, from a branding standpoint, for a good-of-the-game standpoint, I'm just really thrilled that Justin Thomas won. He's still only 29 years old. You know, he turned professional 2013. He has 15 PGA Tour wins already, folks. I mean, that's that's pretty darn good. You know, he won the PGA Championship in 2017. Now he's got this one at Southern Hills in 2022. You know, um... I, I would, you know, he's PGA Player of the Year. He won it twice, you know. Um, he's a FedEx Cup champion in 2017, you know, leading money winner two years. So 17 and 18 did that. So he's got a really, 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 really bright future. Again, who knows? Will he win another one? He could go his whole career and not win another one, right? And uh, he mentioned that, and that's why it's so huge 
that he got this. And I think it was just a great, ended up being a great day for golf. So congratulations to Justin Thomas. I'm Mike Lindsley. This is the ML Sports Platter all over the major platforms. Download, subscribe, leave feedback, and a five-star review. We are brought to you by our terrific friends over at Stanley Law Offices. Stanley Law Offices together, they'll work to get you the maximum reward. And also a big tip of the cap, thank you to associate sponsors, the Syracuse Fitness Store, the Vince Aguera Consulting Group, Burton Ace Hardware, and Carvel of North Syracuse. Go grab that ice cream cake today for any occasion if you're in and around Central New York. Carvel of North Syracuse on Instagram, on Facebook, and uh, you can go get your ice cream cake for any occasion this year. Hey, thanks for listening. Hit me on Twitter, at Mike L Sports. Please like and subscribe to my YouTube channel, Mike L Sports. And as I always tell you, enjoy the games. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.